yeah, it was basically a full-on blizzard at 5.30, 6 p.m. Actually, it's probably started around 4 earlier this week. And yeah, oh, it was, no. the, the roads were terrible, but on the upside, everybody knew that the roads were terrible. So it's just a whole train of us going, not even like barely cracking 50 on a 70 and 80 road, just going, uh, uh, and all of our hazards are blinking <laughs> as we travel. God, safe drivers, what's that like? It's a rarity. It was, and then of course, like there's huge winds coming over the one section of the road because there's no building or tree coverage. It's just flat plain. Yeah. And then the yeah. um, the the Friday no what was the next morning I was moving yeah it was Friday morning and then the following night it was still bad but it wasn't as bad which means the people were trying to be bad drivers again and I would see some people like I'm gonna speed up to pass you and then they do the wibble and they change their minds I'm like yes you've learned a lesson <laughs> they've learned a lesson for the next five miles pretty much <laughs> and then they're gonna try to press their luck again I don't know how long a mile is. Uh, I think a mile is, like, two kilometers? Yeah, that, that maybe. tracks. No, maybe it's, like, maybe it's, like, like, one and a third kilometers. It's 1.6 kilometers. Okay, okay. One and two thirds kilometers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the only reason that I even could approximate that is because I was trying to Google earlier how long, or how far I would need to walk to hatch the egg that I have going right now in Pokemon Go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay... It, how far is this? Is this far enough to for me to hatch this if I if I run across the major road by my house to the park across the street? Yes, dodge traffic. <laughs> the answer is probably yes. <laughs> it's actually pretty easy because like because the entryway is literally right across the road from my like from my place, and it's pretty clear to be able to see who's coming in either direction. So it's a very easy, very short sprint. <laughs> I think Nintendo should lobby for less roads in major cities in order to maximize the stock prices of Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, Niantic is already trying to do that. They did that whole thing this somewhere where they were like, and we're just going to go ahead and like remove the extended distance that we put into place during, you know, the fucking global pandemic. So now you have to be like within 20 meters of a Pokestop instead of like 80 <laughs> And everyone was like, excuse us, this is being unsafe. No, but I'm saying like, that like that's that's a game mechanic change. I'm saying they should change things in real life. They should go to ah. they, they should go to the city halls and say, here's the sack of Nintendo money, get rid of the roads and put in more make make the cities more walking friendly. The mega corporations should start using their powers for good because it would probably still benefit them. Yes, absolutely. Related to mega corporations, one of my friends sent my sent our group chat like that one Twitter post of like, oh, my favorite part of the holiday season is Christmas Carol, where ghosts appear to shame a man for his uh, gluttonous and greedy business decisions. <laughs> I said, <laughs> where can I sign up to haunt Jeffrey Bezos? <laughs> Speaking of mega corporations, <laughs> how how about we dig into this week's episode of Disney's Fox's Ryan Murphy's Glee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to loser like me. 
loser like me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is our Glee recap, review, and fundraising podcast. Please give us money so we can get as much traction as uh, Kevin and Jenna's podcast, <laughs> which I think is the only other Glee podcast. I mean, there's many other Glee podcasts, but I think that's like the quote-unquote official one. Yeah, I have a little bit of pride about the fact that there is a podcast that is called Loser Like Glee, and so far we have outlasted them. Hooray! I mean, we want success um, for all the Glee podcasts, but also we want to be the, the best one. Yes. And honestly, yeah. y'all are probably saving yourselves for a lot of stress by not having a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my name is Christina, and Will Schuster has tiny, tiny hands. Once I saw him try to pick up a Big Mac and he couldn't do it. He had to eat it layer by layer. I'm Tanner, and before I sing, I like to wash my hands and then dry them on a fresh puppy. You better have a whole litter of them ready in case they decide to take a shower later. <laughs> That'd be gross. I would literally smell like wet dog. Yeah. This is the worst thing for me to get caught up on in this episode, and yet. This isn't Shrek rules. <laughs> like, dogs have a smell. <laughs> Th this week- Oh, God. This week we're watching a filler episode, but not a- like- like, so little plot-significant happen things here, and... Yeah. And my favorite part of the episode was when it just screeched to a fucking halt halfway through. Yeah. It was a real, it was a real, real weird episode. Like, I'm gonna have some thoughts about it at the end, but, like, I feel like we kind of just need to try and steamroll our way through it. <laughs> so, for today, we're gonna be talking about A Night of Neglect, which was... Uh, written by Ian and Brennan and directed by Carol Banker, a director who apparently has not done much other work because she's she's not a clickable link on Wikipedia or on the Glee Wiki. Oh no! So I'm guessing this is a one and done. That sucks for Carol Banker, but also yeah. if this was the episode she was showing people in her portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that she's a bad director, I'm just not saying she's a good director. Although for that matter, yeah. I'm not really saying Ian Brennan is a great writer. I think I've only liked one of the episodes that he wrote in this season. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else just kind of slid off me. Yeah, because he wrote, he wrote Blame It, or at least he was lead writer on Blame It, and the Sue Sylvester Shuffle, and... And The Substitute. A Glee Christmas, and The Substitute, and Duets. Yes. So he started One strong. saving grace. <laughs> And it's all been downhill from here. <laughs> and he's not even the one who got to marry Gwyneth after. Yeah. <laughs> Although the fact anyway. that Brad Falchuk was the writer for Sexy, maybe that does make sense. Maybe. <laughs> <sighs> Let's get this shit on the road. Okay, so Will has declared that they need $5,000 to get to nationals in New York. They can't use any mm -hmm. of the remaining Cheerios money because it's all hidden in offshore accounts. This isn't actually surprising. Yeah. Sue is a supervillain no. from a comic book. Yes, and we haven't even done the superhero tribute episode because that's in season four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're going to sell saltwater taffy. Yeah, and because Will is like, when I was in high school in the 90s, we sold saltwater taffy to get to fundraisers and we pushed it like crack. <laughs> and Brittany's in the background like, I love saltwater. Yeah. Oh, Brittany. Brittany, sweetheart. And as they're 
trying to I forget how this happens, but there's a point at which like Will is like, oh, we all need to band together because we're all so special and we're going to nationals and Mike gets up and leaves and Mike Chang gets lines. Mike has lines? Mike has a, a subplot even? He gets lines because he's like, look, y'all are talking big about about team spirit and we all love each other, but you all have completely disregarded the fact that Tina, Artie, Brittany, and I are on the academic decathlon team, which is called the Brainiacs. And we are going to the finals for our competi- for like our competitive season. Um, and we already beat Carmel. <laughs> They're, notably, their team includes Sunshine. Sup. But in order for them to get to regionals, which is in Detroit? Nope, New York. They need... Nationals what? in New York. Yes. They um, already finished regionals, and I don't think anyone has ever visited Detroit on this entire sorry. show. Yeah, but oh, wait, the, no, no, no. You're yeah. talking about the decathlon people. Yes, the Brainiacs. Yes, uh, sorry, yeah, I the got Brainiacs, The Brainiacs nationals slash finals are in Detroit, and to get there, they need to have $250, and that's, that's if they get a cheap motel, and they only eat Funyuns for the entire weekend. <laughs> and I'm just like, y'all, <laughs> one does not live on Funyuns alone. Yeah. But on the upside, you're going to lose your mind in Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Sorry, that's a song. What song? Detroit Rock City. Okay, okay. It's a song that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So Will's like, okay, no, that means we just have to sell another 5,000 pieces of saltwater taffy or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, oh, and they also, the reason Brittany's on, because everyone's kind of shocked that Brittany is on the team. And Santana's like, why mm-hmm. are you surprised about that? Is it is it just because Mike and Tina are Asian and already has glasses? Yeah. And he's like, no, but it's Brittany. And they're like, yeah, well, our fourth member got rubella because her parents are anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Yikes! So, that, so, fucking, that felt pointed at the year 2021. <laughs> yeah. But we bribed Brittany with dots, and she ended up being a ringer. For feline diseases. Yes. <laughs> this is what Glee vaguely calls foreshadowing. And th- and then also the, the final category was white rappers, and Artie was immediately in on that one as well. Yes, exactly. Anyways, yeah, we're gonna sell taffy lace with crack. Yeah, and I should- this is a fun bit of trivia here, because Will's math for how to get the saltwater taffy into tickets to nationals is 5,000 times 0.25 equals 20,000, which is incorrect. It should be, like, multiplying it instead of... It shouldn't be multiplication, it should be like, oh, like you divide the 20,000 pieces we need to sell by the cost, and then you get the 5,000 that we need or something, but apparently the math was wrong because it was some kind of an in-joke with the cast. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe Matthew Morrison, like, messed up his taxes or something, and they were like, hey, that's an in-joke. The joke is that I they're gay know. and they can't do math. <laughs> anyway, it's time for the League of Doom. I thought it was the Legion of Evil. See, I feel like it should be called the Legion of Loathing. I think that they should be called a useless plot cul-de-sac. <laughs> exactly and now you, you could argue that a lot of things that happen in glee are a useless plot cul-de-sac but consider the fact that at least those are entertaining uh-huh. tanner i think that is the ep- i think that has to be the episode title useless plot cul-de-sac <laughs> it, it is <laughs> sorry <laughs> good 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 news emily you don't i mean okay no actually still write down the funny things i have to put them in the description but also 
But yeah, so in two episodes, or not two episodes, two seasons early, we have a supervillain league that Sue Sylvester has assembled for the sole purpose of destroying the Glee Club again. This time it is assembled with uh, Sandy Ryerson, the menace, uh, who she codenames the Pink Dagger, the Honey Badger, aka Terry. Uh, yeah, because remember, remember when Honey Badger was huge? All the kids love it. Yep. <laughs> And Dustin Goolsby, the coach of Vocal Adrenaline, who she uh, codenames Sergeant Handsome. And then she calls herself General Zod. And I'm like, she knows enough about DC to know General Zod's name. Maybe she's just a big fan of the second Superman movie. Or wait, no, would Man of Steel be out yet? Uh, I don't think so. Hang on, let me check. 2013. No, still Still two years behind. <laughs> yeah... You know, if if at some point Sue Sylvester was like, I auditioned for the role of General Zod in the second Superman movie and I never got it, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, same. But yeah, the whole purpose of them being here is to uh, destroy the Glee Club by tearing down the students' self-esteem with mind games. Yeah. Also, Sandy calls himself a predatory gay. And you know, that's fine. That's that's whatever. It's Glee. I mean, it's not, it's not an inaccurate term. <laughs> Yeah, it's He is in fact predatory and he is in fact gay. I'm I'm so I'm so what's the word? Used to it? I'm so de- I'm so desensitized. There you go, there to you go. Both Sandy and Jacob. Oh hey, both my nemeses are on this episode. I'm so desensitized to both of them just saying horrible, nasty things that it's like, okay. I mean, I'd be more surprised if you didn't say something that made me squirm a little. <sighs> Sorry, that's an ambulance, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> They're coming to save me. <laughs> hope they got enough gas to get up to canada <laughs> so yeah and so they're they're there and something else that is also here is will and holly having a date night in his apartment with pizza sexy pizza i guess allegedly and he's like i don't know what to do how to get brainiacs to to competition and get glee to competition and she says do a benefit concert that's what they do for all the sad causes when they do telethons on the TV. Yeah, I fucking hate your toffee plan. The crystal yeah. that lives in my puss says that we should host a benefit concert. Oh my god. I can't let it go. I I agree that we should not forget it. I just, it, every time that it is brought up, it rocks me to my core. <laughs> a- you know what else rocks people's cores? <laughs> putting, putting rocks in your vagina, apparently. <sighs> I know. Don't. We don't recommend it. No, absolutely not. Do not fucking do not follow it. any of Gwyneth's health advice. No, d- abs- categorically, do not do this thing. Okay, that's the that's the episode mandated mention of Gwyneth Paltrow's pseudoscience. <laughs> Anyways, so it's gonna be a night of neglect. It's gonna be a benefit concert where they all sing songs by artists whose brilliance isn't always appreciated. <sighs> you know, artists like Aretha Franklin and Celine Dion and Adele. Uh, okay, Adele's kind of a borderline case just based off of when this came out. <laughs> barely. I get barely by the barest of slivers. Yeah. And so, yeah, Will's like, it's going to be great. And some of our, like, our less popular members can sing too. It'll it'll be a great time by all. And Rachel's like, but what if it was a great time by me instead? But we'll get to that. Yeah, because real quick, we have to have a scene in the hallway with uh, General Zod summoning, su- summoning Sergeant Handsome, who was trying his hardest to pretend to be a high school student by carrying a messenger bag and wearing sunglasses inside. And she says, you are going to go break up Will and Holly. 
And she summons the pink dagger, who was doing an even worse job at pretending to be a high school student on account of his uh, male pattern baldness, to destroy the Knight of Neglect by having him uh, lead the new heckling club, which is the second oldest profession. This club is Azimio, Jacob and Israel, and Becky. That's it. Yeah, yeah basically, they're like, we have a great assignment for y'all. Go to the benefit concert and make fun of the Glee kids. All right, heckling club adjourned. Yeah, but then we get to have a scene that starts out great but ends poorly <laughs> with the teens in the hallway talking about what they're going to do for the night of neglect. Yeah, so Tina's going to sing a song by Licky Lee, who's like a cool Swedish artist who like is reminiscent of mm-hmm. Bjork. This is because she was originally going to sing a song by Bjork, but they couldn't secure yeah. rights. <laughs> because apparently Bjork didn't have a phone number for them to contact her with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it Bjork's birthday yesterday? I have no idea, Tanner. I, I'm pretty sure I saw her trending. No, it's today! Oh, happy birthday, Bjork! Happy Bjork Day! <laughs> what Bjork song do you think Tina should have sang? Tanner, I'm gonna be real to hear I do not know a Bjork song. Did she sing the song about going down with that ship? I'm googling it frantically. No. I will go down with this ship. I... Uh, no, that's a song by Dido. Or maybe Dido. Okay. Called White Flag. When I googled I Will Go Down With The Ship, I got a song called The Anchor Song, <laughs> which sounds like a very strong lesbian song. The point being, uh, Sweden. Yes. So, Leaky Lee instead. <laughs> and Mike is like, I'm gonna do a dance because I'm tired of my dancing being overshadowed by all of your singing. And I'm like, yes, yes, Oh, I'm, I'm yes. sorry, Iceland. Oh, Iceland. Okay. Scandinavia. Yes. But yeah, Mike, Mike gonna dance. I wanna dance! <laughs> Gosh, kid Mike was so cute. <laughs> anyway, Mercedes is gonna do Aretha Franklin um, because they haven't done an Aretha Franklin song yet in Glee Club since she auditioned with it in season one. And uh, something, there's a cute little moment I like here because as Tina and Mike and Mercedes and Rachel are walking around in the hallways. Uh, Lauren is walking with them because Lauren is part of Glee Club and I like Lauren. She's cool. Lauren's their friend! Lauren is friend! We have six episodes left of Lauren being their friend and we have to savor them. Don't tell me these things, Tanner. (sighs) Being prepared for the breakup is not going to make it any easier. (laughs) Except for the fact that that means that we can just headcanon Lauren off being successful and powerful and not having to deal with the drama of Glee Club. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. We write the Lauren Chronicles. <laughs> anyway, so we've got all those great choices of music. And then Rachel is like, well, I've decided that I am going to perform All By Myself by Celine Dion because I am a star. And but I am neglected because it is lonely at the top and nobody appreciates me for my true talent. And everyone's like, but that's no, not it was not All By Myself. She was going to sing My Heart Will Go On. And there's like. But Rachel, that's the fucking song from Titanic. That's the fucking, it's the, it's the song. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows Celine. Everyone knows you. Although that just gave me the idea of like, what if there is a cover, but it's like with like the bad recorders and kazoos and just Rachel Berry singing over the top of it. (laughs) I would adore that. I also would adore that. Like just picture the heckling club doing that as Rachel is singing. I would join the heckling club for that. Imagine if she had done that instead of the climb from laryngitis. Oh my god. It would have been delightful. But then Finn runs in. Yeah. Guess who's back? 
Yeah, he's like, Sunshine's back! <laughs> yeah, he runs in like, we've got a problem in the auditorium, and Sunshine's in the auditorium, and she she has been designated a problem. Yeah, because like, she shows up and she's like, I heard that you guys were doing this concert, and that you are specifically doing it to benefit the academic decathlon team, and even though uh, you guys beat us in the competition, I would still like to help because I know how it is to feel overlooked because of a club you're in, and also because I am short. <laughs> And she's like, I want to sing all by myself. <laughs> she says, I'm I'm so short, so even when I'm standing amongst a bunch of people, I feel like I'm alone in a forest. Yeah. Like, before she can say anything, Artie says, you're a terrible uh -huh, spy. You uh -huh. could have hidden the air ducts for days. <laughs> yeah. Which delighted me. <laughs> as, as somebody who still gets a kick out of Marvel fanfics mentioning Hawkeye just hiding out in the vents of the Avengers Tower, this delights me. Oh, oh, to go back to the year 2012, when all the fanfics were about Hawkeye meeting Daredevil when they fell in a dumpster together. Wait, what? Or maybe that was 2013. Whenever Daredevil came out, it was like just a, a cottage industry of Daredevil gets knocked out of a window and lands in a dumpster, but Hawkeye is already in the dumpster, and they argue about whose dumpster this is. Huh. <laughs> and then you, half the time they kiss. Okay, okay. But yeah, and Rachel is immediately suspicious of the sunshine. Rachel cannot comprehend that sometimes people just do things to help out for good out of altruistic purposes. Yeah, she she did that once, but then it, in a roundabout way it led to Finn breaking up with her, so she's decided to be a supervillain now. Yeah. And Sunshine is like, look, I just want to help. Let me sing my song and then you guys can decide if you want me to help out with your concert or not. And Puck is like, you did send her to a crack house, Rachel. You owe her one. Yeah. So, uh, Sunshine sings the Celine Dion cover of All By Myself, which I don't think I've ever heard mm -hmm. the Celine Dion cover before, because, like, the, the I always hear the version that's the Eric Corman original, and it's all very weepy, like, Oh, but that's fail! And it's like, whatever. But Celine Dion is like, we have a guitar huh. in here. It's like, All By Myself! See, the only version that I'd heard before is the Celine Dion version, so that's the only benchmark I have. Okay, but yeah, the point is, it's it's very... She she brings some strength to the song. Mm -hmm. It's not like hardcore rock and roll, but it's it's more powerful yeah. than her just going like, I don't want to be by myself. Yeah, it's very well performed. It's very well sung. Like, breath control, incredible. Tone, steady. And also, it was really cool because at the end... Like the wicked run was there at the end, you know, like ah. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> or whatever. I was like, hey, I recognize no, those yeah. notes. I recognize that too, and I was just like, maybe I have heard the summer, but no, yeah, that's that is the wicked run. <laughs> it's the defying gravity run, <laughs> and yeah, it's very good. Puck is crying, and everyone is applauding eventually, except Rachel, who's sitting there, like with her arms screwed up, like she's an angry molting eagle. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, this is an obvious scheme. And everyone's like, we don't give a shit. It'll still, we have sold six tickets. Yeah, and this is, Rachel is being talked to by what I termed the anti-spy committee. <laughs> As in, like, in the sense of, like, Rachel is not, a, not Rachel. Um, Sunshine is not being a spy for vocal adrenaline because she promised to bring all of her 600 Twitter followers to the concert if she performs. And the anti-spy committee is Mercedes, Puck, Lauren, Quinn, and Finn, who, statistically speaking, are probably the most likely to win if they chose to take Rachel in a fight. Yes. And they browbeat Rachel into letting her sing at the concert, but then Rachel tries to, like, turn it on Mercedes, like, but Mercedes, are you okay with having a less glamorous spot in the performance order? And Mercedes is like, 
I mean, yeah, it's because it's for Artie, Tina, Mike, and Brittany. And Lauren's like, hmm. So the next scene, I think there's a commercial break, and the next scene is Lauren basically going up to Mercedes and saying, give me your shoes. I won't give them back. And Mercedes is like, absolutely not. Do you know how hard it is to find yellow leather high-top sneakers? <laughs> and Lauren's like, but I thought you would just let people walk all over you the way that Rachel Berry walked over you. You have to demand things, just like I demand things, and I'm going to be your manager to help you demand things. Yeah, this this whole, like... It's like half a subplot. It's about Lauren kind of like teaching Mercedes how to be assertive because her whole point here is like, if you want to be respected, like you have to demand respect. Yeah. Like you cannot just sit back and let people walk over you. You have to demand respect. You have to take respect. And I love this for them. Yes. (laughs) But that's basically the whole scene. The next scene is Emma going ham on the staff room counter with a toothbrush. One of several. Yeah. Uh, She explains to him or or will is like i've heard that ocd symptoms can flare up in times of great stress and emma says yeah well carl got an annulment which is easy to do because we never consummated and can i just say that's a weird law yes i agree it is a weird law and can i also say how do you prove that i think in this point the fact that both parties agreed that they never had sex is pretty much as good of a proof as you need I mean, yeah, but it's just, I'd like, and I'm talking in the real world. Surely yeah. there have been situations where someone goes in for an annulment and the other party says, you can't annul it, we did have sex. And that person's like, no, we didn't have sex. W- what if it's, like, not just a guy and a girl and there's other, gen- like, what counts as sex for purposes of annulment? And this is a whole other podcast, and I'm sure there have been many podcasts that have oh, been hey. episodes on this, but what? I did a quick Google. Grounds for annulment include bigamy, forced consent, Fraud, marriage prohibited by law, mental illness, mental incapacity, um, inability to consummate marriage, and underage marriage. (laughs) Okay, that makes more sense, because inability would just be like, I'm incapable, like the- Yes, it could- That that leaves more room for consummation to be in the eye of the beholder. (laughs) Yes, that, that, that extends to both emotional and physical. Yeah. Instead of just like, now we didn't fuck. Yeah, this is the we- <laughs> No marriage. This is the we got married in Vegas and we had way more chemistry when we were both half a ball deep in tequila. Yeah. And in a very, in a very, in, a, in like half a point of heartwarming, Will offers Emma sympathy for her condition because she's like, I'm 32 and I feel like, and I have so many grits because my life is over and I thought I would have controlled my OCD by now. And I'm like, girl, you're 32. Yeah. Although she does say that 32 is young, which is like, hey, high five. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Will's like, damn, that sucks, though. <laughs> cl- what if What if I clean grapes for you? Yeah. I do like it. So semantics-wise, I'm not sure about this because he does say that one day you're going to beat this, but and- it's an unfortunate <laughs> word choice, but I get what they're going for in the sense that you like one yeah. day you'll have a handle on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The important thing, though, is that he he says he will be here for you as a friend. No judgment. I'll clean your grapes, and that is a more like I for for my obsessive compulsive stuff. I can't let other people help me, but if I could, and I also appreciate offers when people offer to help me, <laughs> even though usually if like uh, especially like me keeping things clean, keeping my hermetically sealed bubble when I was living with my parents, my 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 mom would be like, "Is there any way I can help you?" And I'd just be like, "Stay out of my way. I love you. Thank you for offering, but stand five feet away from me as I lose my mind with a bottle of spray nine. Oh, Tanner. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm better now. Now I only have to lose my mind with a pack of Lysol wipes. Good. Good. <laughs> Good progress. Good progress. Anyways, Holly is in the window and she is concerned. Yes. Uh, we have that thing that they that they do in Glee so often, which is like, the person who is in a relationship with one of the parties in a sympathetic situation sees them and immediately assumes cheating. Well, she doesn't assume cheating. She just like, she has a look of concern, but we'll see later that she's just like, I don't want to intrude on this. Yeah. I think, honestly, I will say, I think this is the best Holly Holiday of this episode, maybe. I mean, the bar is low, but. Yeah, the bar is very low, but Yeah. It's it's Flynn. It's it's managerial power couple Finn and Quinn. Yes, uh, they go up to Rachel and they say, "Rachel, we'd like you to be head of talent relations, and we're giving you a name and a position title because uh, we need you to go work with Mercedes, who has submitted a list of demands in order to perform in the Night of Neglect." This list of demands includes a large bowl, no, a small barrel of green M&Ms, humidifiers, um, a team of humidifiers to make the air around Mercedes Jones more humid, and a fresh puppy to wipe her hands on after she washes her hands, which is ta- which was Tanner's bit at the beginning of the podcast. Yes. Fun fact about stars making demands, they're usually not about being weirdos. It's about making mm-hmm. sure that all their technical specifications have been met for like concert stuff. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I let me just quickly check this is, which band this was. Yeah, because like this, the whole thing, especially like the green M and M's, is part of what is usually called a writer, and it's a it's like usually like a bizarre request that's inserted into a contract for performing artists, so that then that way, if it is fulfilled, then like they will like the artist will know that whoever was in charge was reading their contract fully. And that, like, the contract will be filled to its fullest extent because, like, hey, you noticed that I asked for green M&Ms and you got me green M&Ms. Yeah, so the the specifics of that was it was Van Halen who have a contract saying that there are to be a bowl of M&Ms with no brown ones backstage. But the reason they have that is because if they reach that clause, then they also would have had to go through the other clauses that are, like, specifications for reinforcing stage or whatever to make sure that all their equipment is there because otherwise it could collapse and cause severe injury on the band and the audience. Smart. <laughs> so, but that that's, yeah. that's been skewed into, aren't stars wacky with these crazy demands? And this is what Rachel says. Mm-hmm. She shows up and she's like, listen, stars can't help it. It's because they're powerful and talented. Mm-hmm. And then she's also like, and also, how dare you flaunt the fact that you're dating in my face? Which, which <laughs> she, she says that as soon as Finn and Quinn walk up to her. They're like, we, we are now the benefit heads. And Rachel's like, isn't this inappropriate to flaunt your relationship with me? And they don't even acknowledge that. They skate right past it. <laughs> well, look. At, at this point, both of them have had enough one-on-one time with Rachel that they know that this is just how she operates and you just have to ignore some of the things that she Pretty says. Pretty much. <laughs> In this case, also uh, dangling the carrot of having a specific job title. Anyways, time for historical moments. Time for cosplay history. Exactly. Uh, today, Holly Holiday is dressed as Wallace Simpson. She was the Duchess of Windsor. Mm-hmm. She had a bunch of times and married a bunch of times and fell in love with Henry VIII. Uh, she had giant hands, which made some people think she was a hermaphrodite, which was not true. But what was true was that she was a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah, and she's the one who Edward VIII, I think, is, was his was his number in the lineage. Um, he she's the one who he abdicated the throne to marry because they were like, oh well, she's not royalty. You can't marry someone who's not royalty. But also, the whole Nazi sympathizer thing was probably a pretty big deal breaker. Yeah. And she spouts some random, allegedly true facts to the history class, or at least they're true in the canon of Glee. 
Hang on, I just I had to I had to double check something because oh no, it was Edward the Eighth. Edward because VIII, okay. Henry the Eighth is from the fifteen hundreds. Oh, that's why yeah, I was like, he Wait, was the that, one. That timeline doesn't make sense. He was the one who had like seven wives because none of them got pregnant. He got had six wives and one got pregnant and then died. It was we had a whole conversation about this at a friend's birthday party because they were showing us a bunch of numbers from Six, the musical about his six oh, okay. wives. Okay, yes, costumes for that look incredible, by the way. Because it was divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Yeah, I gotta look up these costumes again. Anyway. Anyway, everyone's like, hey, you're great, great history lesson. And then the class ends. And then Dustin walks in and he's like, hi, I'm Dustin Goobsby. I'm a hottie with a body. And Holly's like, this means nothing to me, but thank you for letting Sunshine perform. And he says that I never approved that. But more importantly, we should date because uh, my sperm count's off the charts and I can impregnate you. <laughs> and, and my hairline is 85% my natural hair. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, okay, so you're trying to hit on me. I actually have a boyfriend. Uh, thanks for asking, and, I guess. And then Dustin makes fun of Will's tiny hands because he can't eat a Whopper properly. Yeah. And then Will shows up and he's like, my hands are big enough to knock your teeth out. I will throw my tiny hands. <laughs> will Schuster be like, I have a big head and little arms. No, he doesn't. He does He He doesn't. <laughs> that's that's too good for him will is like hey holly um i missed you at lunch and she's like yes uh you missed me at lunch because uh i was busy with stuff and then also it seemed like you were having a pretty good time having lunch with emma and i did not want to intrude <laughs> and then he's like but what if we go practice our duet for night of neglect and she's like i do not feel like like singing a duet Farewell. Yeah, he also, like, he, he makes it her fault that Dustin was hitting on her. It's like, how dare you be hit on by another yeah. man? And she's like, and that's my fault how? Yeah. Like, this is what I'm saying, that, I mean, Holly, she's, she mentions being jealous later in the episode, but right now she's just like, I wasn't going to intrude on your thing. And also, don't, don't shame me for other guys being in my area. Yeah, don't do that, Will. It's just, it's a mess. It's, it's a bad look, which is a normal look for Will Schuster. So we're now, <laughs> yeah, uh, like the, either the day before or the school day before the night of the night of the neglect. And Rachel has assembled the humidifiers mm -hmm. and the M&Ms. And Mercedes is concerned because she sees no puppies. And Rachel confirms that Puck's out finding the perfect Pomeranian, which is a bad idea. They shed. If you were to dry your wet hands on a Pomeranian, <laughs> you'd have to wash your hands again because they'd be covered in Pomeranian hair. <laughs> as, as a cat owner, I cannot relate, but I, that is absolutely plausible. They're nothing but hair. Like, of course they're going to shed. Yeah. Uh, I think the last band was like, oh, Mercedes wants to be the closing number. And then Rachel's like, so Sunshine is going to be the closing number? No, Rachel's going to be the closing number. And Sunshine oh, has to go on before Rachel. Which means then that Mercedes has to go on before Sunshine, but after Holly. Yeah, like right in the middle. And Mercedes mm -hmm. is like, I will accept this so long as my feet never touch the ground. I want to be carried in. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like the fact that she specifically said, I don't want my feet to touch the ground. I'm like, okay, put her in rollerblades. Put her on a scooter or a wagon. <laughs> Just put her on a pair of Tonka trucks and push her around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, topical, topical TikTok reference. Love it. <laughs> 
but I have seen that TikTok, so I like it. <laughs> but yeah, and so I don't know when this takes place because the next scene it is the night of the night of the neglect. Yeah, and the, we just we just time skip to the night of the neglect. It's yeah. And Kurt and Blaine are walking through the halls, and Kurt's like, these are the classes that I used to go to. And Blaine's like, you miss it, don't you? Well, no, he, he says he says you miss them because they see Artie and Brittany going towards the auditorium, and they're like, you need to get into the theater, it's starting! <laughs> and then Blaine is like, oh, you miss your, you, you miss your friends who are not me! <laughs> and then uh, Karofsky shows up, and he's like, how dare you be gay in my high school? Yeah. But then Santana's there, and right at the start of the episode, we got to see a flashback yeah. of Santana getting a slushy facial from Karofsky, uh, because she was pointing mm-hmm. out that there's no way in hell people are going to buy saltwater taffy from us, because everyone hates us still. So she sees yeah. Karofsky being homophobic, and she she has uh-huh. her own feelings, and also anger at him for doing the slushy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really fun moment, because it's like, what gets her interest is the fact that she hears Karofsky... And Kurt and Blaine yelling, and she's like, excuse me? And then she sees that it's Karofsky, and there's, like, it's literally, like, a half-second shot where it's, like, the memory of her being slushied by Karofsky shows up. And then she's like, oh, now I'm going on the offensive defense. Because <laughs> she, like, breaks up Blaine and Karofsky from pushing each other around. And she's, I think she says something defective, like, look, here's how, here's how this is going to go. You get two choices. Either I, either I crack one of your nuts, right or left, your choice. Or you leave here and you get to go be an idiot for another, for another day or something like that. And also, I have razor blades in my hair. Yep, just all yes. up in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is finally enough that Karofsky just goes like, yeah, and leaves. And then Blaine is like, we could have handled him on our own. Santana's like, no, but it was more fun to do that together. And I'm like, Santana being friends, like honest friends, instead <laughs> of just like, we are we are suffering together. She's like, no, we are going to beat up Karofsky together. <laughs> uh, but then she pulls out her flip phone, which is classic, and goes, you know, like, okay, there's a situation in the auditorium. I have to run. <laughs> yeah, there's we're, we have to enter crisis mode because Sunshine has been pulled from the benefit by Dustin. So now none of her followers are coming with her. Uh, and Puck suggests that this whole thing is a mess. Let's just blow this joint and go to the arcade. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone's just bumming out until Finn is Finn, the true leader of Glee Club, rallies them with the classic line, the show's gotta go all over the place, or something. (laughs) Oh, God, I love Finn. Finn is a good boy! He is! And there's a party here where Santana and Brad share a skeptical look at them, (laughs) being like, look, we just gotta go out there and sing real good, and then everything will work out. And they're like... Mm, doubt so rachel's like tina you go be the first out in front of the firing squad as it turns out <sighs> Sad. yeah because she she goes out on stage and the only people in the audience are kurt blaine and the heckler club all four of them yeah and she she starts to perform i follow rivers by uh leaky lee and it's good um, but then they heckle her so much that she gets stage fright and has a breakdown. Yeah. And, like, this is the only Tina solo that they released from season two. I'm glad they released it, though. I'm glad they actually did a full, like, recording Yeah. Yeah, the full version is really cool. And also, like, I found out that there was a full version when I came across it while playing the Glee Forever app. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. But also, this is the second time this season that Tina's solo has ended early because it wasn't going well. And justice for Tina. Yeah. <laughs> justice for Tina, y'all. And Will, okay, I... <laughs> yeah, go for it. So I, well, I, um, I condensed Will's speech. But Will basically says, Tina, this is a great lesson. But also, you're the only one who has to deal with this. Because from now on, we'll be sealing everyone's mouth with saltwater taffy. Yes. Yeah, he's like, what if we get a bad audience at Nationals? Like, well, you won't, because they're going to be show choir fans. But it's like, we, yeah. you have to learn how to roll with the punches of heckling audience. But also, yeah. no one else will have to deal with the heckling audience. Only Tina. Turn the abuse that was screamed at you into motivation. Tina, be our martyr. Yeah. And so then we get to cut to Quinn handing out boxes of salt large taffy. And she's like, vote Quinn for Bray for Palm Queen. <laughs> I hate that characterization for Quinn. I don't mind it. I think it still tracks. But Mike do a dance. Yeah. And we, we see them, we see everyone try and heckle him. Yeah. But they can't get sound to come out of their mouths because they're suffocating to death on the taffy. <laughs> yeah. It's a very nice number because Mike is dancing it. Um, and it's a good combination of dance and physical comedy. Like there's, there's a whole part where he... Because, like, it's a song about, you know, like, dating someone. And he he pulls up a prop, which is a mop wearing a dress and, like, dances with it around the stage. Yep. <laughs> and it's very fun and very good. And then next up is Mercedes, but she's has left the building. And Lauren isn't really sure how to react to this. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh... But thankfully, it's intermission. Yeah. Theoretically. So Rachel's gonna go find Mercedes, and Holly's gonna go talk to the hecklers. Now it's time for uh -huh. a lesson, a moral lesson that I feel like was added at the very last minute. Yeah. Holly takes the heckling club aside to the library and she's like, hey kids, did you know that bullying is bad? Yeah. She's like, look, why are you heckling people? And they're like, because we've, healed our, we've honed our skills in being brutally cruel on the internet. And then... She's like, but when you're, but you're tearing people down so that you can feel better about yourselves and your anonymity is just making you more insensitive to people's problems because you're just jealous of them. Lift up the world by turning some of those barbs into roses. Barf. Now I will, I will say about 75% of the time it is okay to uh, be mean to celebrities on the internet. <laughs> it's usually morally correct. But I do get what they say in the sense that, like, you've uh, pivoted from being mean to celebrities to being mean to everyone else. Because everyone else does not have all that money to cry into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think There's so. a difference between punching up and punching down, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And there could yes, I, I mean, there, they, there is a difference. The show would never say it's okay to punch up on account of they would be the targets of it if they did. Yeah. She, uh, Holly also says that she spent three years sending hate mail to Debbie Gibson until she got a letter back saying that it was so mean it gave her alopecia. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> Anyways, she's like, why don't you go out there and cheer, cheer for your classmates instead? And they're all like, nah, we're just gonna go home. That's yeah, boring. <laughs> Which I do like that. Yeah, because like, Azimi was like, I have to get back to making posts on the NCIS forums about how Mark Harmon is handsome. <laughs> and then Becky, I don't know what, I think Becky just leaves. I think Becky just like, I've lost yeah. interest, goodbye. And then Jacob says, yeah. I'm 18 in three years. Will you wait for me? Because I hate him. He's 15. And I think Holly just shakes her head no. Yeah, yeah. She Thankfully, she shakes her head no. So, or do you want to take the next scene? I can. Or at least I can introduce it because we're going to have to talk about this next scene. It's like, the, this scene is Rachel finding Mercedes in her car 
because of course it's raining and Rachel's knocking outside the door like let me in let me in it's raining please and I'm like what if they just had this conversation through the closed door with Rachel getting drenched in the rain oh that would have been beautiful (laughs) it would have been great and Rachel says some stuff about like oh like like you idolize Aretha Franklin um but she was only crowned the queen of soul because some guy at a state fair gave her a tiara for singing well and Rachel says something about like oh like you have to go out and like you have to go out and take that title for yourself and then Mercedes says and I quote why are you a bigger star than me you always get the big solos the best songs the moments in the sun why is it never me my note here is is it racism? I feel like it's racism. Could it be racist? Because Rachel doesn't know. So it's almost definitely the racism. Yeah. it. I, I feel like it has to be the racism because like in universe, they are teens and may not have been thinking as much about race and how it relates to their lives because it was also 2010. Yeah. And I also think it is a broader thing but of like- out of universe. <laughs> I, I feel like the flowchart of, I mean, this could apply both in and out of universe. It is- Mercedes is is great at singing like R and B hits and like uh, black diva numbers. Mercedes should only sing those songs. Those songs are not as universally liked as the kind of songs that Rachel sings. Ergo, we mm-hmm. do not need them to be sung as often. Mm-hmm. That's how the racism works, even if it's not intentional. Yeah, I I feel like it's both racism and also the fact that Glee up to this point really hasn't done an awful lot with Mercedes and. They're trying to keep people interested in the show and to keep ratings up by following the formula they'd set previously in season one, which a lot of the times was Rachel, get interest, sing big song. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Not acknowledging that it is broke because there are people that do not get the spotlight as often as the white folks. Yeah. It's like, it's it's very I, much I one a, of those. I have a bit about this at the it's, end. It's, it's an inherent in the system thing where they don't see mm-hmm. it as a problem, so they don't see a reason to find a solution mm-hmm. for it. It is, and this is a very good use of yeah. the term, grandfathered in. <laughs> Come see the racial bias inherent in the system. Yes. And then then Rachel pivots off of this by saying, like, look, like the thing is, like everybody likes you, and you have a good voice. But I have a good voice, and nobody likes me because I would rather be a star than be liked, even if that isn't healthy. <laughs> I used to be nice like you, Mercedes. Then I got a taste of star power. Now I'm a jerk and everyone hates me. Oh, God, yeah. And then basically she throws down the gauntlet of Mercedes' feet like, look, if you want to, if like, you can have the final spot of like the, like the closing number, but you have to come in there and you have to take it away from me. Yeah, which is weird because she says it as like yeah. an affirming friendship type of thing. But that... Are you gonna fight on stage? (laughs) Which I would love. Mercedes would literally just... (laughs) It would be very easy for Mercedes to defeat Rachel on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Round one, fight. (laughs) Fatality. Put Amber Riley in the next Mortal Kombat. I don't know who who she'd play, but do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While this is happening, Holly Holiday is singing Turning Tables by Adele, who I guess technically was not as big a star in the States as she was in the UK at this point, but also, like, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure her big break was, like, a week after this episode. Not even. It probably was, like, a week before this episode. Her big break probably happened while they were filming the episode. Yeah, that's my guess, because it came out in April 19... 2011. I'm doing a quick Google for Adele's discography. 
So, you know, what you have to do is you ha- we have to check when Rolling in the Deep came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rolling in the Deep came out in 2010. So probably as they were recording this episode. Yeah. Yeah, because our earlier releases came out in 2008. That was the song. That was the song that put her on the map. Yes. Anyways, she's not singing Rolling yeah. in the Deep. She's singing Turning Tables. And it's mm-hmm. it, she sounds like Adele. <laughs> yeah. It's sung fine. It's a song about how she just can't even. Yeah. And she does a good job except for the fact that she keeps chewing her what use and I'm angry about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I was a choir kid. I was always taught that if you have to sing the words what you, you don't do what you. Uh, you say, you, you do what you. You have to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, also, she th- ac- according to the subtitles, the lyrics are when the thunder calls for me, and I always thought it was when the thunder clouds come in. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. And it's it's definitely also a breakup song. And apparently Matthew Morrison was crying during the filming of this number. Really? <laughs> like fine, I guess. <laughs> okay. According to trivia. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, so after the song, Sue takes Sandy off the case because the kids left. And Sandy's like, I'll go do my best to heckle the heckle out of the next person. But the next person is Mercedes, uh, and she's going to sing Ain't No Way. And oh dear God, Sandy loves this song, and he immediately begins weeping. Yeah. The song is good. Wait, wait, real quick. There's there's a part where General Zod rags on Pink Dagger for not crushing the school's, uh, the kid's spirit. And she tells him, get out there and question the whole purpose of arts education. <laughs> He runs off while, like, flaring his jacket out like a cape. Yeah, <laughs> which is relatable. I've done that before. <laughs> but also when uh, Mercedes comes in and she's like, I am going to sing now. Suck it, Rachel. Everyone is smiling and happy because everyone loves Mercedes. Oh, and also uh, Sam's the MC for everything. And and he's like, and now, Ms. Mercedes Jones. Because he's like, yes, it's Mercedes. Yes. Um, and also, when Remember I, this. I need to clarify that when I say the song is good, the word good is like capitalized and in bold. Yes, it's very, it's very good. Because of course it is. It's like, it's not a surprise. because yeah, it's fucking Amber, of course it's it is. It's Amber Riley. It's Amber Riley. <laughs> like, I legit got chills while she was singing this. Like, her outfit is good. She's got like a fascinator and a sequined dress. The gospel choir who's been in the show before is back. The one that includes Amber Riley's mom. Yeah. Um, who can apparently be seen in the front row of the choir. she can summon them. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit guardians. It's very good. <laughs> it's the barred version of Spirit Guardians. Someone backup choir. I think in my notes I said she was a paladin. Nice. You can, it, it is so easy to picture her in full plate mail and a hammer. Yes, absolutely. Mercedes cosplaying as Giuliana. I was about to say, is Mercedes the Giuliana of Glee? <laughs> She has less anxiety than Juliana does. I mean, she does by the end of her character arc. She was pretty close at the beginning. I'm confused which character is which character you were directing that towards in a way. Mercedes. <laughs> ah, okay. Um. I anyways, gotcha. this has been niche jokes to advertise for our friends podcast. Go listen to Gem Jammer. <laughs> Please go listen to Gem Jammer, y'all. During this musical number, there is a part where uh, in the lyrics it says something about like stop trying to be someone you're not. And Rachel is in the wings, like, just kind of, like, standing there and, I guess, trying to be a moral support for Mercedes. But when she sings the part about stop trying to be someone you're not, she looks at Finn and Quinn, who are in the audience, and cuddling. <laughs> and I'm just like, hmm. But anyway, when Mercedes is done, she gets a standing ovation, as she deserves! 
And it, she did get the closing number because Rachel Berry is deliberately choosing not to sing in this episode of Glee. Yes. She she goes over to Rachel after her number and she's like, okay, girl, uh, time for your closing number. Bring the house down. And Rachel's like, the house has been brought down. There's no way I could follow that up. You you did it, girl. <laughs> she did. And then as everyone's like, good job, we did a sing. Holly steps out of a broom closet because that's her office as a substitute. She tells Will that she accepted a job speaking French in Cleveland. And yeah. yeah, she's like, well, I'm breaking up with you because we both knew this wouldn't last. It was just a fun thing to have six dates together, including the saucy one in the broom closet. Yeah, they definitely had sex in that broom they closet. They had sex in every room in the school. <laughs> but more importantly, Don't she says, he is in love with someone else. And thanks to my counseling, she's available, which did make me go, hold the fuck on, girl. Because if you recall from two episodes ago, Holly's counseling was the dirt worst and also not legal. Yeah, Holly's counseling was, uh, was, excuse me? You haven't had sex with your husband yet, how dare you? The only possible reason for you not fucking Carl is that you want to fuck Will instead. Yeah, and then she's like, I'm going to go leave for Cleveland, Ohio after I kiss you on the mouth for one last time. Will you come back and visit? I thought you'd love a Anyways, we won't see her for another three years. Bye, Holly. Bye. <laughs> Bitch, bye. <laughs> and so we enter the choir room, which is either still that night or the next day. I'm not sure. Time isn't real on Glee. No, it's, it's, they're, they're still there. They just, okay. everyone just went to reconvene in the choir room, I guess, so they could talk about how it went before they all go home. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Everyone has a, like a, a, a good yeah. half hour to an hour chill moment after a big performance like that. Mm-hmm. But then Sandy's in there, and I'm like, none of you kids should have consented to being in a room without any other supervising adults. Everyone stick with your buddy. <laughs> yeah. And then it turns out that he was so moved by Ain't No Way and the weed that he smoked that he's going to pay. I, I couldn't tell if it was for the Brainiacs or for also Nationals. I think he said he's paying for everything. Wow. It is drug money, but that's also a great way to launder it. So like... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so then the next day, Sue kicks Sandy off the Legion of Leagues because the, he, she kicks him out of League of Legends because he's a good guy now. And then she also <laughs> kicks Dustin out yeah. because he failed. And he's like, hey, Holly and Will did break up. Just who knew it was going to be amicable and have nothing to do with me? Yeah. And so she's like, it's all on you, honey badger. And Terry's like, yes, my time has come. Really? Because I looked at her and I was, she, she seemed more like, I'm not sure where to, what to do with this. I'm erring on the side of Glee is going to try to throw as many obstacles as they can in the way of Will and Emma getting together. That's, that's a great point. Also, I did forget to mention that right at the start, Sue, Sue said that she recruited Terry because she hates Will. And then Terry says, I'm actually over him. And Sue's like, okay, but you hate Glee. That's true. Yeah. So that's why she's conflicted, because she still kind of likes Will, but she also kind of hates Glee. The closing yeah. scene is the finals of the Brainiacs. Right before the final question, they're like, we want to give a shout out to our friends in the Glee Club who helped sponsor our way here. And Mike does a heart hands, which you can find in gifable form. Aww. And then the final category is hermaphrodite Nazi sympathizers. And Artie and Brittany remember their cosplay history lesson from earlier, and they're like, yes, we've got this in the bag. Yeah. So I have some st I have some notes from the end. Okay. Um, the first thing is that this episode was so poorly received that it caused Ryan Murphy to realize that he needed to hire new writers for season three. Yeah. 
<laughs> the other note is, uh, if y'all listened to the last episode, um, you remembered that you might remember that we talked about how this episode has 13 guest stars. It is because the guest the guest stars in this episode were Cheyenne Jackson, Jake Cyrus, Gwyneth Paltrow, Stephen Toblowski, Bill Jones, who is Rod Remington, and then the rest of them were just the students. And how the fuck was Harry Shum Jr. not a full star yet? He's been with Glee since the beginning. Yeah, but he didn't do enough. He didn't have enough leverage to uh, like get a regular. He's a series regular next year. But yeah, because he only did dancing and hardly did any singing, that's why they he, he couldn't uh, angle for a regular contract. Justice for Harry Shum Jr. I mean, th th it's understandable at least. And yeah. it also it does mean that he would he's was free to pursue other stuff because he didn't well, he wasn't required to be on set mm -hmm. every single day. Because it's like, good. if he was a regular, he would basically need to stay in that area for the whole season. And then if he didn't need, if he didn't need to do anything, then he's just sitting in the background twiddling his thumbs, waiting to be called. It's like Michael Soka uh, in season four of Once Upon a Time. He was a series regular, but he only appeared in like the first eight episodes of the season. Huh. And then he said, he like, I would have loved to be a regular on the next season too, but they didn't have anything to me to do. So I was just sitting in my hotel room all day, waiting for them to write me a purpose. Damn, dude. So no, yeah, like, just because they didn't promote someone to regular doesn't mean any ill will. There's a whole lot of, like, bureaucracy okay. and a whole bunch of factors that go into it behind the scenes. And maybe it's the actor, maybe it's the creators, whatever. And we can get more into that next season because of Cordgate. Oh, God. But, but yeah. yeah. The other thing I have is that I wanted to quote a review uh, by Miles McNutt. That is his last name. That's a great name. I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's gotten lots of jokes, so I'm not going to make any jokes about his name. His In his review of the episode uh, for the AV Club, he said, uh, It's nice to see Amber Riley, Harry Shem Jr., and Jenna Ushkowitz get a chance to perform, but making a spectacle out of it does nothing but point out the show's mistreatment of these characters outside of such special showcases. There it is. For example, the show doesn't address the fact that the three cast members selected for solos on The Night of Neglect were all visible minorities, and what that neglect might mean to the series' racial diversity. Addressing this would require subtlety the show can't muster, three-dimensionality these characters lack, and consistency that seems futile at this stage in the series' development. Yep, yep, yep. Great job, Miles. Hamhorn. You really busted a McNutt all over this episode. Congratulations. Tanner. <laughs> was that too much? I don't know. I just, I was like, I'm not going to make dick jokes about this man's name. It's not. It's a ball joke. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Christina. Tanner. Gold star song? Ain't no way. Hands down. I was typing in the wrong box. <laughs> Ain't no way. Mercedes. Mine is going to be I Follow Rivers by, T by, <laughs> by Tina. It's by Tina by Leaky Lee. <laughs> <laughs> also a good yes, choice on account of the fact that it's a real song it exists you can go listen to the full thing mm -hmm. and if the glee forever mm -hmm. app hadn't been removed from stores you could also do a tap tap revolution on it <laughs> <sighs> what is your best moment um mercedes lauren team up <laughs> what about you tanner mine is going to be rachel telling mercedes that that was the closing number and she can't follow that good Rachel Berry acknowledging that other people are talented? It's more likely than you think, it's, it's, at least it's in this really scenario. Not. Well, I don't know. I'm th I'm thinking, and we, maybe Rachel's ego was not as bad going forward, so maybe there was character development in this episode. 
I will believe it when I yeah, see it. Yeah, same here. Like, I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trusting myself, but I'm trying to think, and I can't immediately recall any moments where Rachel was the dirt worst in high school. Huh. The crack house? <laughs> no, like, after this. Oh, okay. No, okay. obviously. Obviously, that was worse than this. Oh, the, that's the bottom. That's the nadir of Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the dirt worst things, <laughs> slushy? Oh, God, I don't know. There is just so much about this episode. Can I make it the fact that it feels like this episode was a net zero? Like, it doesn't feel like anything in this episode is going to affect the plot going forward. Yeah. It doesn't feel like anything that was done in this episode is going to inherently, like, give characters development. Like, it's not going to affect the fact that they're still going to have to go against vocal adrenaline at Nationals in, like, five episodes. The main conflict for this episode was the fact that they needed money to go to Nationals, and hey, they took care of it. We already got our Nationals money. All we had to do was have Mercedes do a good sing, and Sandy Ryerson would cry and give us money. Like, nothing was lost, but nothing was gained. Yeah, excuse me. The only important plot things that happen, the only important plot things that happen for this episode are Holly and Will breaking up, and maybe Rachel being a good person. Again, if that sticks, I can't guarantee it. Yeah. I'm gonna be watching yeah. her like a hawk now. Yeah. I'm not gonna say she'll never be obnoxious again. <laughs> I just think that the egocentrism will be on on the out. This it's, is it's yeah, on its this, way out. This is not the last so this is not the last time that we will see Rachel be egocentric, but hopefully we this will see it. This is not less. the last you've seen of Dark Rachel. Yeah. Anyways, my my thing that I want to slushy is the fact yes, that what's your uh, Tino was the sacrificial lion to the heckling club and then no one else had to deal with them. Oh, that's a good one too. Because like I... Tina's sacrifice. <laughs> not to be mean to anyone else, but I feel like it would have been more interesting if it was Mike who got heckled so bad that he was in tears. Because mm -hmm. Let boys cry on Glee. Yeah, he can cry. He gets a little bit more character development stuff. It can be Tina being like, don't worry, boyfriend. I'm going to support you. And then I'm going to get an actual full song. Yeah. And then it can be Mike being proud of Tina. That would have been cool. Your sacrifice will not go unnoticed, Tina. Yeah. <laughs> we remember. <laughs> Bring out the bagpipes. <laughs> oh, God. She's not dead. We don't have to do that. We don't have to play Amazing Grace for Tina yet. Yeah. I mean, we might have to do that for her characterization at some point, but... Who knows? Who knows? Does she even have characterization? It's Tina! Yeah. Tina, the Fred Jones of Glee. <laughs> what is Tina's propensity for traps? <laughs> <laughs> Does the vapor rub count as a trap? No. No. God, I dread that episode. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it either. The hoops I jump through trying to explain why I occasionally like Puck have nothing on me. Anyways. Yeah. Before I have a stroke, I need to tell you <laughs> about this podcast. You're listening to it right now. Oh, really? It's called Loser Like Me. And it's a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be heard on your podcast <laughs> platform of choice. And if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. Though if you're not listening to us on a platform that we're not on... How? 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 Magic. 
witchcraft <laughs> podcast witchcraft um you can find us on twitter teach us how to podcast witchcraft and just make our podcasts edit themselves i will save everyone the effort the sorcerer's apprentice remake but it's <laughs> brooms editing podcasts <laughs> And if you'd like to tweet at us how best we can make a witch edit our pod- Actually, I don't know. Emily, are you a witch? Let us know by tweeting us at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. Next time, did you know that it's okay to be gay? <laughs> no, I had no idea. Shit. We gotta start the show over then. <laughs> oh, but seriously, next episode is gonna be fun. Next week we're gonna talk about another neglected artist. That's Lady Gaga. <laughs> Whomst? Lady Gaga of the House of Gucci. <laughs> of the house of that one Italian restaurant that her family owns in New York. Olive Garden? Oh, better than Olive Garden. House of Breadsticks? <laughs> the House of Breadsticks. Santana of House Breadsticks. <laughs> Unbowed, unbent, unlimited. <laughs> oh my god, I have to do that now. I have to do that now. Oh, but maybe you'll see that sometime on Twitter, listeners. <laughs> but until then. Three... Two, one, and that's and what that's you missed. What on you Glee. missed on Glee. <laughs> oh, we've gone to the zoo. We we better stop. Yeah, really. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Loser Like Me